Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Other war cry Wednesdays were crazy. Ain't seen nothing yet, babe. Joe Person, Diana Rossini. Yeah. We appreciate the explosion. Yeah. We appreciate the article, all the drama, <laughs> the gossip. It's we- getting juicy. Woo child. I think Queen City <laughs> is a big old high school scene today. Everybody's going to the lunchroom talking about the drama, all the gossip. Hey, did you hear what so and so texted to David Tepper? No, I heard what so-and-so texted about Frank Reich. What's going mm-hmm. on? Did you hear what happened? It is a big old gossip scene. <laughs> nice job with the texting there. You can also text in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. You can text us like some of those assistant coaches were texting, tattle it on Frank Reich, texting Ben Johnson saying, hey, don't take this job here in Carolina. You can text us just like they do up in the NFL world. Mm, the Good. betrayal. Lots of it, man. I mean, just a big old sign of dysfunction. For those that don't know, we should probably give you context as to what we're discussing here at the top of Weston Walker today. Joe Person, Diana Rossini, work together on a very informative article. What's going on behind the scenes with the Carolina Panthers? The headline exactly says, what happened with the Panthers? Quote, Hunger Games culture, backstabbing, and another fired coach. Dig on in. If you don't pay for the athletic subscription, I highly advise that you do. You might see some of the screenshots from some people putting it out there on social media. I'm sure it is not informing you of everything going on. Plus, you should just pay for it because Joe Person is very good at this and has been for a long time. Here he is putting his nose to the ground. He told us, Wes, when we had him on last week, if I knew anything about Scott Federer, I would have reported it by now. Well, he was reporting some stuff. He was working. And they released it this morning. You want to pull up to the scene at yes, this high sir, school? Let's do it. All right, Mr. High School Bus Driver. Let's get that gossip started. Pull up to the scene. Open up the doors. Mr. Fitty, let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! You guys want to get a war cry Wednesday started as we get off the bus pulling up to high school? Queen City High School? What you think? Let's do it. All right. We can yell whatever we want to, but we're about to yell a lot, I have to imagine, all day long towards the Panthers. You guys, let your frustration out with this yell. We're here for you. Vent with us. All that pent-up bad energy reading this article about your dysfunctional favorite NFL franchise. We are here for you on this War Cry Wednesday at the count of three. Cubicle, car, in front of your grandma. I don't care. Yeah, just do a silent one if you can't do it out loud. But try to do it out loud. We're let's about do to. It. Count of three. Let's do it. One, two, three. The Panthers are going through it. Yes, 
Here are our main takeaways from the explosive article written by Joe Person and Dave, and excuse me, not David Tepper, and Diana Rossini about David Tepper. My number one thought coming away with this, Wes, Tepper ne- never gave this team a chance, man. <laughs> never gave this team a chance to work out. What we have here are reports of Bryce Young needing to work on his footwork at the advice of David Tepper. David Tepper saying that uh, that to Frank Reich that Bryce Young needs to work on his footwork. The Athletic spoke to more than 20 Panthers coaches, players, and other league sources, some of whom were granted anonymity, uh, anonymity excuse me, so they could speak freely. They pointed a to a picture of dysfunction inside the Panthers' offices with assistant coaches undermining other coaches as many went to in self-preservation mode when it became clear that Reich's days were numbered. Tepper told Reich to fix the rookie's footwork, as we mentioned. There were disagreements in scheme. There were personality conflicts. There were factions formed, cliques, like it's a big old high school over there, including two holdovers and James Campen and Chris Tabor, who are still there, one being the interim coach. You had Reich and Fitterer and the offensive coaches who decided that the priority before Young's first season was preparing him to call plays in the huddle for the first time, giving him some time to absorb a playbook that blended Reich's system with wide zone concepts from Thomas Brown. We had the texting back and forth. Hey, I need to be in self-preservation mode. This is what Tepper's saying. This is what Frank Reich is saying. Lots of dysfunction behind the scenes. What were some of your main takeaways? I mean, just for one, I felt somewhat validated because I felt like from the beginning there was too many cooks in the kitchen. Like when we talked about this all-star staff and we talked about what could be the pitfalls, I said that that could be one of them. You've got too many guys in there with names, too many guys in there with egos, too many... Uh, younger guys in there that's trying to make a name for themselves, trying to become head coaches. It's a bad mix. It just had all the potential for what it's turned into. There's too many guys, like you said, self-preservation. Some guys, like I said, a Thomas Brown with the offensive coordinator scenario feeling like this could be his first real shot and maybe not feeling like this could be his last, but he knew this was an opportunity he felt like he needed to seize. And you just had a Ezro Evero being a guy that, and they said the defensive staff was more on one accord than the offense was. Yeah. Still, you got Evero, the guy that's looked at as a future head coach. Then you talk about Capers and um, and Coach Caldwell and all of these guys to come in there. And I just felt like it could end up being too many voices because if one guy sees somebody coaching them up one way, and they feel like it should be done a different way, especially when you're losing. That's the part that really brings everything to light is when you're losing. And so from this point, after what I've seen, you can't tell me for one second that everybody was on one accord and has been on one accord about Bryce Young. We've seen that come out the last couple of days where coaches wanted to sit him. So if not for one second will I ever believe that there was a consensus on who they wanted at the number one pick. I think Tepper pushed the button and said, this is who we're picking, and people resigned to coming around to that. Now, I think that there were some guys who did want Bryce Young, but I'm sure there were plenty who wanted C.J. Stroud and some who might have wanted Richardson, and then once they knew that Tepper was laying down the law, they said, all right, we'll just come around and do this. But it just paints a picture of a franchise that is in deep despair, and I think at this point, it needs to be blown up and they just got to have a reset and re- rebuild this thing brick by brick because that once proud Panthers castle when they were NFC contenders and all of the great players from yesteryear, that's done. And it's demolished. 
and now you're going to have to rebuild it one brick at a time. Yeah, so just to let everybody, like, yeah, we've got people saying what, what's going on here. We're telling you that there was an article written by Joe Person and Diana Rossini about David Tepper's involvement and how there has become what was described as a Hunger Games culture because of David Tepper going to Frank Reich saying, hey, we think that Bryce Young needs to work on his footwork to help with protection. And because of some of the deeper drops that might be happening at Alabama, that was one of the reasons as to why they need to fix that in order to be a number one overall pick transitioning into the NFL. And now you're kind of going back on that. Yeah, Tepper's instruction about Young's footwork came after weekly conversations between Tepper and Reich on Young's development and early struggles. And so you have David Tepper meddling within the football operations once again. League sources said that Tepper struggled with the decision to fire Reich, but the combination of Young's difficulty understanding Reich's offense, specifically the reads, timing, and ball placement, as well as Young's lack of protection, convinced the owner the organization wasn't helping its quarterback, but actually ruining him. And so now that you have another coach being fired, we continue to climb up to the top and see all of the dysfunction here because of what David Tepper is doing with this Panthers team. Then you see Josh McCown, you see the offensive staff, they're fired because they're the links to Frank Reich. Josh McCown and Deuce Staley really having worked with Reich in Philadelphia, so those guys aren't here anymore either. And it feels like there are personalities that clashed with that coaching staff. That's documented in this article. We have that there were conflicts and scheme. That's documented. And so nobody could be on the same page. And that's David Tepper advising Frank Reich once they hire him to go outside of his normal circles. So, Wes, David Tepper is telling Frank Reich who to hire right from the get-go. As soon as he's the head coach, Reich can't make his own decisions on what he wants to do. And that he's got to marry his scheme with Thomas Brown's wide zone, inside zone concepts that they ran with the Rams, which I guess it's great to have what Reich would call diversity of thought, but it's not great when nobody's on the same page. And Bryce Young, your number one overall pick, has to try to figure out who's right and who's wrong just within your own offensive staff and your own team. So now the number one worry for me is, yeah, this guy... This guy is going to be ruined over there as long as David Tepper is the owner. What has he shown us that allows us to believe he has enough self-control to leave Frank Reich, to leave whoever the head coach is, to do his job? To let Scott Fitterer, whoever the GM is, to do his job? This is what Tepper is going to control every single aspect of this team for the worse. And we've seen that ever since he purchased the team in 2018. And the problem is you just don't feel like that Tepper has done enough evaluation based on the press conference, enough self-awareness to know how big of a problem that he is. And that's the scariest thing about all of this is that Tepper, if he doesn't change, how much can you expect what's around him to be able to change? And then now you go back and you think about how much we were lied to during the preseason when they talked about how much Bryce struggled to grasp the offense and the concepts when all we heard this offseason was that they were ready to expand on things because of what they were seeing from him. We just got a lot of cap. They put a lot of people's hopes uh, in a place to where they felt like that they could believe in this team and this franchise. And little do they know that it's just chaotic over there. And it's, it's just embarrassing, to be frank.
It is embarrassing, to be Frank Reich, to be honest with you. Let's move on. We'll continue to talk about this article on the other side of the break. We continue to break it down. Some of the main takeaways, some of the other excerpts of what was written by Joe Person and Diana Rossini. Stick around. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome to a War Cry Wednesday edition of Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Talking about the athletic article written by Joe Person and Diana Rossini on the Hunger Games, quote, Hunger Games culture at Bank of America Stadium with the backstabbing and the dysfunction happening within that franchise right now. Are y'all fans of the Hunger Games? I asked you during the break, Walker, and you just didn't answer the question. So I figured I'd ask on air. Are you Are you a Hunger Games guy? Um, no, I'm not really. really? And, you know, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is cool. I think I like her as an actress, but I don't know if I've seen too many. I think I saw one. You didn't even read the books? No, I didn't read the books. The I books def- are fantastic. Definitely didn't read the books. I think I only saw like one movie and it probably was on TV with commercial breaks and I really wasn't paying attention. That's all I got for you. On but how many games. books do you read? Because this seems like you read a decent amount of books or have read. Well, he hops on. It seems like you hop on the trend of you liked the Twilight series. Mm-hmm. Oh, read Nicholas hung- Sparks, read Hunger Games. No Harry Potter. He read you, uh, I know School I read Musical the first, too, right? I read the first four Harry Potters. I read High School Musical. And, and when I was in You school- read or you watched it? It's no, a, you there, read it. There's a book? There's a High School Musical book. Yes, there's a book. I read it. Did not know that. Um, and, and when I was in I school, I, I I read books quite a bit. I got a few books I want to go through right now, but man, you know what it is doing radio. There's no time to read. I saw the first two at the movies. You saw the first two what at the movies? Hunger the first, Games. Hunger Games. Did you like them? Yeah, they were cool. They were mm-hmm. good. Okay. No other analysis on that. Just yeah, that was nah, it. I yeah. don't remember the plot. Okay. Okay. You don't remember the plot? They all got put in this. Yeah, I know they had to, you know, win the game or die, basically. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was a while back when I saw those movies. Yeah. Well, Panthers aren't winning games, and fans are dying right now. Maybe that was a little hardcore, but I apologize. Hey, the, male. I'm sorry. You said male. You called me last name. Yeah, we're dying figuratively. If you don't know, here's the article and what it uncovered with the Panthers. Team sources described, this is all according to Joe Person, Diana Rossini. Team sources described a Hunger Games culture at Bank of America Stadium. Coaches said they believed other staff members were text messaging Tepper behind Reich's back about issues they saw with the team. In one instance, GM Scott Fitterer an offensive co- and an offensive coach went to Tepper with a coaching suggestion for Bryce Young. Quote, people just finger pointing, hoping they don't get exposed, said one assistant days before Thanksgiving with the team spiraling and Young getting pummeled. Tepper told Reich to fix the rookie's footwork. Fitterer and others had told Tepper that Young's feet were the cause of some of the Panthers protection issues. They believed Young was not dropping back deep enough on his pass sets. Tepper also encouraged Reich to go outside of his circle with some of the hires. As such, many of the offensive coaches had never worked together 
and brought different philosophies to an offense that would be led by a rookie QB from week one. And besides the disagreements and scheme, there were reportedly personality conflicts and factions formed on a staff that included the two main holdovers from rule staff and Chris Tabor and James Campen. And some in Carolina thought Frank Reich and Josh McCown weren't tough enough on Bryce Young as the 2021 Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama got off to a bumpy start. One quote was, you can coach a player hard without killing his spirit. But apparently, some members of the staff, some members within that organization, they did not feel like they were coaching Bryce Young hard enough and that they were worried about killing his spirit, but there is a way to do both. You also have the offensive line problems. Bradley Bozeman discussed how he loves running downhill. It's what he loves to do. But the wide zone concepts don't really mesh with what this offense did last year. This offensive line in particular, what they did last year. And so Reich experimented in training camp with putting Young under center a little bit more. He didn't do it that frequently in college. Now he's gone. You see Thomas Brown doing it more so against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you're still seeing losses. You're still seeing not a lot of points put up on the board. One thing that was visible, the article puts notice on, is the back and forth with DJ Chark, Frank Reich, the play calling against Tennessee, the fourth down conversion attempt that failed. You had DJ Chark say, we should have stayed with the original play, while Frank Reich said, Bryce Young made the right call in checking to the second play called before they actually got out there on the football field. He also said it wasn't the coverage that Bryce Young and them said it was and that he did not make the right decision. That's right. So the idea was that it was cover zero, so they needed to check to a different play. But also, in this article, a former NFL head coach agreed with DJ Chark saying the Titans fooled Young into thinking they were in cover zero before dropping their backside safety to the post area, and that's how you get a screen pass that doesn't get the line to gain, and here they are losing another contest. So now we also have Ben Johnson, who is viewed as the top target the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, who did a great job last year, picked up right where he left off. Ben Johnson doing an excellent job this season with, in large part, the same offense and the same personnel. So Tepper, again, is expected to focus his search right there with Ben Johnson, but he canceled his interview with the Panthers last year. We know that he was a top target now two straight seasons. Johnson, who has ties here, he's a native of Asheville, North Carolina, played at UNC, And now, with information like this, it looks like he might not want to come here. And according to a league source, some in the Panthers organization are texting Ben Johnson about how complicated it's been to work in Carolina this season. Those are the highlights. That's some of the things that are going on. With David Tepper running this team into the ground from 2018 on, after an offseason that, yeah, I fell for it too. We thought it might be the best offseason ever. Man, it could not have gone any worse, any worse, as we talked about in the Fishbowl West. Yeah, and some of the stuff with the coaches, I think, obviously Frank Reich didn't know about it all, but it, again, sounded like it was just too much going on. And I think Frank, he kind of got hamstrung from the jump when he couldn't completely pick his staff. But I think as well, you know, you have to kind of, lay down some type of accountability with your coaching staff. And if you felt like there was one guy that maybe an example needed to be made out of to get everybody on one accord, maybe that could have happened. Um, But it just sounds like this group was never in tune from the jump. 
It was a bunch of guys just thrown together, especially when you talk about the offensive side and, you know, guys disagreeing with this and that, and they see this, and I got a better way, and I think I could do this and that. And it just sounds like a bunch of mess, for lack of a better turn. And I, turn, and I thought that term, uh, but I thought that um, chart, what he came out and said, too, was was pretty telling as well. And he and kind of alluded to the fact that it's not all the receivers as to why they're not getting open and not able to make the plays that some people feel like they could. And we see the offensive line talking about the scheme and, and things of that nature. I mean, this has just been awful from the jump. And again, like I said, how bad can this get? And it makes you wonder if maybe some of this was circulating last season, if word was getting out about this organization as to why guys like D'Amico Ryans and Ben Johnson declined to interview. So we can go to some texts before we start to dig in a little more. So you can text in the Carolina men's clinic text line. Tell us how you feel. Tell us what's going on in your mind right now regarding the Carolina Panthers. I'll read Stanford P's text first because he said he's going to tattle on me to David Tepper like some of the other coaching members did. So I'll read his. This is what happens when you fire coaches and others so often you have leftover players that don't fit new coaches scheme and it becomes a mess. Yeah, David Tepper's never cleaned house completely. We've gone over this before. You exchange one GM, you fire a GM, but you keep the coach that that original GM hired and then you fire that coach, and then you go with a different GM, and there's always one holdover at what you might consider the two most important football figureheads within any franchise. We have 1704 number saying, fire everybody. (laughs) Problem is you can't fire David Tepper. You cannot. And that's the biggest issue here. Lifelong rule hater says, I'll tell you what, this whole fiasco makes me rethink who was at fault with the training facility. I don't know about the training facility. We also have, by the way, some news breaking at this time that the article drops, too. There's news that the Carolina Panthers will not be going back to Wofford next offseason for training camp. (laughs) Deciding to drop it here. Right. Yeah. So we can discuss that a little bit later. I I told Kyle in the fishbowl, I can't keep up. I'm trying my best, but I can't keep up with everything going on with the Panthers right now. It's really hard. Let me give you my main takeaway. It's that Tepper Tepper never gave this team a chance. Never did. Right from the get-go. Because of some of the stuff that we learned in this article and that we've learned as the season's gone on. He drove the tour bus visiting all the QB pro days. He drove the decision to give up all they did. To not just move up to number two, but to go all the way up to number one, despite there maybe being an original agreement to go up to two, and then not giving up as much, Still drafting a QB, and maybe it working out a little better. He bragged about it, too. He came out from behind the backdrop, couldn't wait to tell media about how excited he was that he found the holy grail loophole in a hard cap league. Guys, we we drafted a QB who can play point guard, guys. Come on. He can elevate the wide receivers around him. When things are going well, David Tepper wants to be in the spotlight. He can't help himself. He can't help himself but to tour like one of the very bands he graces this city with, the city of Charlotte, by bringing music and all these bands like he's touring to Bank of America Stadium. He can't help himself but to take over a presser meant for Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich. That's when things are good. But when things are bad, those press conferences look a little different if he has one at all. He might just go 18 months without speaking to media. 
He might just hold a 10-minute presser if there's an in-season firing at your head coaching position and it only gets to 14 because Brett Jensen refuses to be ignored. Thank you, Brett, for your service, sir. (laughs) When things are bad, David Tepper does not want to be out in front. When things are good, he can't help but take the microphone and shoot a flare up and say, hey, look at me, look what I did. Classic front runner. Just remember when he's drinking beers with everybody, like the everyman he claims to be, one of the comments he had in that 10-minute presser, he might just leave when things go bad. If you got a fight at the bar that he's drinking a beer at you with, or drinking a beer with you at, if there's a fight, he's like, ooh, this is kind of bad. I'm gone, y'all. Yeah. Y'all take care of it. Even, oh, I caused the fight? No, I'm good. I'm still leaving. So this is David Tepper not giving this team a shot all the way back in 2018 when he took over, and certainly this offseason when we were supposed to have something great. And it makes you just so perplexed as to coming from an organization like Pittsburgh where he's seen where it's done right for the most part. I mean, no organization is perfect, but he's seen what functionality looks like. He's seen what winning looks like under good conditions. And so for him just to get his own franchise and treat it like a toy or treat it like a stock, like a lot of people said, this is a classic case of a guy not willing to humble himself to get in and figure out how this thing goes and get help to help this thing to grow the way it needs to. It it begs the question, like, what is your goal? Of course, we, we could feel like to an extent he wants to win with the amount of money that he throws out at coaching staffs and he's been aggressive in trying to get different quarterbacks and things of that nature. We get it. Like, in theory, he wants to win, but the narcissism in him wants it to be all because of what he's done, and that's the thing. It's like you've got to let other people do their jobs, and so that's one of the things, too, with a lot of men in that position, they got to where they are being control freaks, being guys that have to have their hands on everything, making sure every detail is done the way they want it done. And this is exactly the way he's treating a football team. And the fearful thing about it is you don't know that he understands that this is not how you run a football team and that he's going to take a different approach. Not only can't Tepper help himself with being in the spotlight when he thinks things are going well. I mean, it didn't even happen. They hadn't won a game yet. And he thought, oh, people are saying good things about me here. You, you can have all the access. This man can't help himself but to also advise these coaches on what to do. Like, we, we can understand an owner wanting a specific option at QB. If, if we're trying to view this as fairly as possible, okay? And you have the owner... And David Tepper deciding he wants Bryce Young at QB over C.J. Stroud. No, I don't like it. I would rather just have the GM evaluate based off of all of the film that he's watched, knowing what he's looking for in order to build a team. I would rather have the GM and maybe a little bit of the head coach decide who they want to select number one overall. But okay, that's the most important position in sports. The owner might want somebody over another. I can understand that a little bit. But what I can't understand are some of the things that he's also been doing since here in 2018. He wanted Rivera to switch to an odd man front. Dog, how are you going to tell Ron Rivera, (laughs) a guy that was on the 1985 Super Bowl team with the best defense of all time, a defensive coordinator that got him the job in the first place, doing a great job calling plays on that side of the ball, and then you want to come in here and say, hey, Ron, uh, you know, forget what Mike Singletary told you. 
You know, oh, okay, go ahead. Did you want to do the David Tepper? Hey, uh, Ronnie, like, like, I know you played football at a high level. I know you coached at a high level. But I was in Pittsburgh for 38 years. We run the three. We invented the 3-4 defense. I think even though the personnel isn't fit to run the 3-4, if you run the 3-4, we'll go to another level defensively. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David Tepper. That's what we all heard. That's what Ron Rivera heard when he came up with the brilliant idea. Hey, what if we go to an odd man front, Ron? What you think? I don't care. Do it. <laughs> okay. Oh, and then I get fired because the defense wasn't performing well. Think about that. Ron Rivera, like, that was one of the reasons like I understood as to why they moved on from Ron. It wasn't a culture thing. People tried to say we need to bring a new culture in. Those players did not have a culture problem. That was a locker room with great personalities. They fought for Ron. They were outwardly, they were outspoken big time about how much of an impact Ron had on their life. Say what you want about him. There are criticisms. They love that man. They certainly did. So it wasn't a culture problem. But then when you talk about the defense not performing well, and David Tepper forced him to go to an odd man front, that's one of the reasons why they failed. Speaking of other football operations, remember, he drove the pursuit of wanting to go get Deshaun Watson. Even after we had over 20 alleged incidents of sexual misconduct and assault. The only reason they didn't bring Deshaun Watson here? Because he wanted guaranteed money. It came down to money. Maybe if we get over 30 sexual misconduct allegations? Nope. 25 ain't good enough for you? (laughs) Okay. Remember, they didn't land him, but that shouldn't let David Tepper off of the hook. It's because he wanted guaranteed money and the Browns were willing to give it to him. And the last thing, we can go to that Benjamin Albright tweet when he said that there was one source within the Panthers organization that told him there was a time he saw one team run a certain play. It worked. He liked it. And then he handed it to one of the members of the offensive staff, maybe the head coach, saying, hey, here, you should run this thing. Like, what? I I don't know if I've heard owners tempering, tampering, tempering, however you want to merge it. I don't know if I've heard owners meddle that much, Wes. May, I'll be naive. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it's out there, but not this many times. Yeah, the most that I've ever heard is them maybe making, uh, pulling the trigger on a player or uh, maybe obviously a head coach that they want, but mainly with just players that they want in the organization. But again, as I said, this is him just treating it like it's a toy. I mean, to tell a coach that's been as seasoned as Ron Rivera is that you need to switch to a 3-4 and then having input telling them that they need to fix Bryce's footwork. Like, if I'm a coach and you walk in that office, you have to be looking at him like, the hell do you know about quarterback footwork? Like, are you serious right now? Like, where'd you get that from? Who no, told you that? Specifically, tell me specifically what you want to see. Exactly. Like, I would well, love to that, hear That's it. what I'm saying. I would ask him. I said, well, what's lacking? Can you show me? Can you show me an example? I'd say, who'd you hear that from? Because obviously people are feeding him stuff. That That's an indication right there, the stuff that was going on. But there's no way that this owner should be sitting there uh, doing some of the things that he's doing and writing plays and all of that type of stuff. And it really makes it look like this is going to be a hard sell for a lot of coaches. And he's going to, it's going to cost him, even though it won't hurt him in the grand scheme of things, but it's still, it's going to cost him that much more to persuade somebody to want to come to his organization because of him. And if he hasn't learned anything from all these articles and everything that's been written and said, this franchise could be doomed. 
Hey, uh, Wes, you uh, you played offensive line, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. You, you know, in the play that I drew up that the, the Browns play, you know, all their offensive linemen, they went the right way. Unlike Ikea Kwanu, <laughs> who goes the wrong way. We got to get our guys going the right way. Once we get that going, I feel like, and you should know this play, an offensive line at Wake Forest, a great left tackle. I watched the tape. Then I feel like maybe we could be somewhat competent offensively. Hey, uh, Wes, you didn't work on that kick slide, right? Right, 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 kick slide, right. When you want to get in the pass protect, you want to yeah. make sure you're disciplined, put the hands on it. That's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, right, I'd right? say, well, you come out here and do it then. How about that? <laughs> you come block this guy. I would like that specific example. I would like for you to go to David Tepper and say, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Can you show me how yeah. I'm having a hard yeah. time understanding what you I need an example, to do. man. Can you show me? I learned from, you know, seeing it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, let me show you. I would love to see that interaction. I would love to see it. People that wanted the fitty impression of David Tepper, you got it. It. Today, baby. it is so bad that it's good. That's what Fitty said back to somebody else that wrote how awful that impression was. I just <laughs> oh, want yeah. people to understand. We know it, but we love it because it is so bad. And we continue to roll with it. I just feel like my impersonation should live up to his ownership style. Awful, pathetic, mm -hmm. embarrassing, below average. That's all. Okay, that's it. Yeah, Patrick said Fitty just went from Tepper to Trump in one sentence. It, it gets that's not true. <laughs> uh, I heard Smoke do one of the best Trump impressions I've ever heard in my life a couple weeks ago. It was astonishing. I think it was because he was in attendance for the South Carolina Clemson game. He was there. I, I'm telling you right now, I almost texted Smoke and said, you need to be on SNL right now. Like, you need to go. I'm sorry. I love you. I want to see you around the building, but you need to go there right now. As long as you can wear the orange makeup and put on the wig and whatever, you would be just like him with that impression. Maybe not so much you, Fitty. But Smoke, he had a good Trump impression. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's welcome Vashti Hurt of Carolina Blitz coming up in the next segment. Plenty more to get to. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Wesson Walker back at it. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Talking about, well, all the dysfunction happening with the Carolina Panthers. We've been doing it a lot this year, Wes. We did not expect it to go this way. Not nearly this bad. But it happened. They got one win. They don't have their head coach that they hired at the beginning of the season anymore. And we'll see how they close this thing out. We'll welcome now Vashti Hurt to the Body Works Plus guest hotline, founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz. You can find her work on carolinablitz.com. It has been a while. We always appreciate her joining us on Wesson Walker. Vashti, how are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing, doing well. Great. I, imagine, <laughs> I imagine there is a lot going on in really everybody's brain right now with the Panthers, some of the reporting from Diana Rossini and Joe Person. Vashti, you do a great job covering the team. Even if you're not reporting, you know a lot of stuff that's happening within the franchise. I know it's a loaded question, but let me ask you this. How do we get here after even us? We were talking about one of the better off seasons that we had seen in quite some time with all of the coaches that had so much success, that had so many achievements under their belt. 
We were talking about one of the better off seasons that this team has ever experienced. How do we get from that to a one win season and a coach fired in season with all of the dysfunction that's being reported? Well, I guess we got some insight with this article um, that Joe Person wrote uh, regarding the, I guess, the, the mutiny that was happening behind the scenes among the coaches. I always felt it was interesting that, you know, all the, all of the big things that were pulled into this coaching staff. And, and I called it like we, I literally called it the Avenger coaching staff because based on the, based on the experience, based on the name thought they had a good blend of old and young, um, this was supposed to be it. But when you have dissension from the top down, it's basically what we're seeing manifesting itself in this Carolina Panthers team and, and their struggles. And it, and it doesn't seem as if anybody is on the, on the same page. They've done a good job of masking it um, in press conferences. Uh, when we speak, there, you know, we haven't usually every now and then somebody will slip up and then we'll dig deeper. Uh, but they, I thought they did a good job of masking what was obviously – dissension among um, among the, the coaching staff and, and a difference in philosophy and you know that's that's how you get one and one and eleven and maybe not even another win this season. So it's just it's just a, a, a comedy of errors right now and I don't know how they dig themselves out of it. I think that this and, and we've been saying it every year, but this literally is the most pivotal pivotal off season that we're going to be heading into for the Carolina Panthers because what you don't want to do is fall into the likes of uh, a Cleveland or, or Jets where you're in uh, constant purgatory. Vashti, how worried are you about Bryce Young's future? Maybe not because of his own ability, but because of what's happening behind the scenes. I think he's young. I'm not worried yet. I'm not worried yet. It is tough for a young quarterback. I think he's been taking it up to the chin and 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 getting up like a G. You know, he hasn't messed up in press conferences. He hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. Uh, and, you know, he's taking the team approach, saying all the right things. We don't know what he's saying in private to his to his trusted group of 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 friends. But, you know, publicly, you know, he's saying and doing all the right things. The good thing is it's only year one. So you can correct things, I think, after one year if you get the right coaching staff and right team to surround him. And given what they gave up to get him, you have to get it right. But if you're in year two or three, I'm like, uh, this might be tough. But it has to be fixed and it has to be fixed now. I don't think Bryce has lost his confidence yet. Uh, I don't think that he's lost. I, mean, I, I think that everything that every reason why he was drafted to be uh, at number one, all of those things are still there. They they didn't leave. It's just they haven't put the the right pieces around him. And obviously, you know the 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 questions about playbook and footwork and all of this. It's just it's just a mess. But um, I'm not concerned about him yet. Uh, I, as a rookie quarterback, plenty have struggled. Um, and then found success in years maybe three um, where, where they've hit their hit, hit their stride. So I'm not concerned about him yet. Vesta, we heard so much coming out of training camp, how far ahead of the curve Bryce was, how Mingo was 
this gym rat that was picking up things and could be a big part of the offense this season. But you were out there at a lot of those practices, and now that we find out that Bryce was indeed struggling to pick up Reich's offense and the footwork and all of those things, you know, how wronged should Panther fans feel about the messaging that was sent preseason and based off what you saw during practices and the like? I mean, how do you feel, how much deceit do you feel like that there was then? I mean, we were at practice. I went to every training camp practice. Bryce looked good in practice. Uh, and the whole Mingo thing, he, Mingo wasn't targeted a lot in practice. The, the, the relationship that we thought would be um, quarterback to wide receiver relationship that we thought would blow up would be Chark and, and, and Young because they had tons of explosive plays during during those those few weeks in Spartanburg. Um, I think that we're never going to hear the bad stuff from from the coaching staff. You're going to hear, oh, he needs to grow. Uh, and, you know, Bryce is a fast processor. Uh, Bryce is, 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 a, is a smart kid. Uh, so all of those things still remain true. Uh, I don't expect – I didn't expect them to, to down, down their number one guy. Uh, so, you know, what we saw in training camp was what we saw, and we based our conclusions on that. Uh, and, and the expectation would, was for everyone uh, that they would be able to compete for the NFC South. Now, what we didn't see is what was potentially going on behind the scenes and, and the decline of the offensive line and what has led to that. And, you know, I, I've read most of Joe's article. Um, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've hit the highlights. And apparently this year was supposed to be the year that he got the playbook down. And then next year was supposed to be the year that he was supposed to work on the mechanics of being a, being a quarterback. So they apparently had a plan, and then that plan was interrupted reportedly um, when they were told, well, Bryce is getting sacked because he's not dropping back enough. Um, um, and so and then he needs to work on his footwork. It, it, we never heard anything about that that was never talked about um, in press conferences, it wasn't overt. I've seen bad footwork. Baker Mayfield would get happy feet, and it would be completely obvious. I've seen Bryce have that issue a couple of times, but it didn't seem egregious to me, where it would be need to be highlighted, um, or 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 owner would need to bring that to a coaching staff to to work on. But then again, you know, I know my place. I'm not a I'm not a football coach, so. I'm a member of the media. Did you hear that, Tepper? Did you hear that? <laughs> anyway, and, go ahead. And speaking of, of coaching, <laughs> what do you want to see in the next head coaching? Do you have a candidate or candidates in mind? I, I just think they need a leader, a culture builder. I really don't care about offensive-minded versus defensive-minded. I think that that's where Tepper got pigeonholed into last year. And y'all already know, and I we bring it up, I was, a, I was a fan of Steve Wilkes because I saw that culture shift. And that's what every team really needs. You need that foundation, and then you build on that. The Panthers didn't have a culture, really no foundation of, of a culture to build upon. And so really you need a culture builder. And then hire a good OC to run your offense, an offensive staff. But hire a, a, a culture builder, somebody who is an, an, an alpha guy. Maybe not. I don't even think they need any. You hear some like Mike McDaniels. He seems like a nerdy football guy. That's perfectly fine. I think you need a very strong personality who's going to come in and right the ship. 
And that might not be somebody who's going to be dynamic with their playbook, but it's going to be a leader of men. And that's what they need. And I don't know. We heard that Frank Reich was a leader of men. And now, based on the season, maybe that really wasn't the case. Maybe he was just a manager of men. I don't know. But the Panthers need a leader of men. And um, I I don't know where they're going to get that. I think they they missed it on that one. All right. We we can't get you out of here, Vashti, without marrying one of the other breaking news updates that we had from the Panthers and everybody's favorite game, evaluating the Vash timeline on Twitter. Let's go to it. Your last tweet, just an hour ago, you said, no more drives to Spartanburg. This coming after the Panthers announced that the training camp this next offseason is going to be held in Charlotte. They will indeed be leaving Wofford and Spartanburg. Now, you said no more drives to Spartanburg, and you put that with a video of someone catching the Holy Ghost. It seems like you are very excited about that. Can you elaborate a little more on how excited you are about training camp being held here in Charlotte rather than going to Wofford quite a bit during the offseason? That's like, and see, people who don't understand, this is my job, right? Mm -hmm. So I get up in the morning, and I have to drive to Spartanburg to go to work. Nobody wants to do that, including me. So during (laughs) training camp, you know, I have a life here in Charlotte. I have people that I have to take care of and things I'm responsible for and a home, like, and having to drive back and forth for Spartanburg. I don't want to spend three, four nights at a time in Spartanburg. So I usually I'll drive back and forth. I'm ecstatic to not have to drive to Spartanburg. I'm and I'm going to be candid. I'm not a fan of Spartanburg hugely. You know, they're, they're, they, they put up some things right there at the entrance that were offensive to me. So I'm not, I'm not mad at the move. There are a lot of people who are mad at the move. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I like getting up, driving eight minutes to Bank of America Stadium, and going to work. So I'm happy about it. I actually, listen, if, you're, if you follow the team, this was imminent. Training camp was never going to be in Wofford for an extended period of time after Jerry Richardson sold the team. It was supposed to happen even sooner, but it didn't because of COVID and other things and what the debacle in Rock Hill. Right, yeah, the training was happening. And so, you know, this is this is this was always in the cards. So people who are shocked by this, they really weren't paying that much of attention. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of media members. You don't gotta explain it to the media members. I think a lot of us feel the same way. (laughs) I think we're all dancing right there with that video that you put out. By the way, you can go find that video on her Twitter timeline at Ms. Carolina Blitz. Also, go check out Keep Blitzing on Twitter, carolinablitz.com, the founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, Bash Ty Hurt, joining us, doing an excellent job, as she always does, here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Try to keep up with the Panthers, Bash Ty. Do your best. You already All do right. a great job. Clock. We're in the building. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, follow her for a lot of those updates coming up. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more. Campus Corner on the other side, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.